fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Hey everybody and welcome to the pod. Welcome to the Fantasy Fullback Dive. <laughs> it's the week one recap show and the week two maybe kind of waiver show or uh, looking forward to week two show. But anyway, it's mostly the week one reaction show and there's a lot to react to. Uh, oh, yeah. it, like I said, it's a fantasy fullback dive brought to you by the good people at the Road Street Journal. We're paving your way, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy glory. I'm your host, Nat the Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. You've been watching uh, any football today, Wolf? Oh, I haven't moved from the couch. Seven hours of commercial free football. Nothing like a beautiful 80 and sunny degree New England day. You couldn't ask for a more pristine Sunday to sit and not go anywhere. It was beautiful, except that all my fucking players sucked. So yeah. that was not fun. How was your Sunday, Matt? It sounds it's pretty similar to yours. All my players didn't suck, but uh, some of them sure did. But yeah, it was a, it was a beautiful day to sit on the couch and not do much. My kids both kind of you know they'd come in and out of my orbit uh, as I was uh, <laughs> uh, watching the games, and they were asking me questions, uh, you know, about you know, kind of why are you so into fantasy? What do you think about this week? And I was explaining how week one is in some ways the best. Because it's the week where you get to, I mean, pretty much we're just guessing going into week oh, yeah. one. And week one, you get to we're find out if, how smart you were. Right. Yeah. You know, next week, we're going to know a little more. The week after, we're going to know a little more. I mean, you know, we, we missed big on some this week. And we hit big on some, too. And that was a lot of fun. <laughs> exactly. Right. And that's it is. And that's why a recap show like today is going to be important because there are a lot of takeaways. This is our first set of real data to start mining through. I'll, of course, be updating the rest of season big board tonight. We'll be publishing it tomorrow, but tons of lessons to learn. And, and we got some questions, I'm sure, for Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football. So what do you say we start diving right in and break down all the performances? All right, let's talk studs of the week, okay? And you'll have to excuse our banner game. The Wolf was not at home doing family stuff. <laughs> He's a family guy. And so we just got on the air, started talking to each other five minutes before. But we're going to walk you through this. We got some real good info. Studs of the week. I'm going to tell you who my five nominees for stud of the week are. Yes. And number one is Christian McCaffrey. And I'm just going to say this. You were the one who set me straight on this guy because mm -hmm. he didn't even really do anything that great or that exciting. But when you have this guy, it's like printing your own money. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, like he went like 90 some yards on the ground, no touchdowns. And then he had another, I don't know, nine catches for 90 yards or something like that. Added up to like 27 PPR points. He didn't do anything. Can you, can you imagine if he scored a touchdown or two? If that's why he's just the best. Exactly. That's like the floor is 27. Yeah. This is just so insane. That's nuts, no, right? No other sniffing from any other running back. He is the every down alpha. We knew that, but it was beautiful to see a real full game just make it through. Joe Brady has no interest in a workload management. Loved everything about him. <laughs> All right. So he's probably not the guy that's going to win it for me, but man, he deserves, deserves mentions. I mean, what a, what a, he's such a weapon. Um, Amari okay. Cooper, this is cheating a little bit because it was from Thursday, but Amari Cooper had 13 catches for 139 yards, two touchdowns on 16 targets, you know, and it's worth noting CD lamb, I think had 15 targets. So 
these guys were, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's an aerial pie in Dallas. Oh, 100%. It was beautiful to see. Not only is Dallas going to be its own fantasy factory, their defense continues to blow. So anybody facing them will also be a fantasy factory. Sure, of course, Brady and the Bucks offense is going to put up more points than most. But yeah, that's how it was all last year for those five games Dak lasted. We got that same exact setup to begin this year. Chargers next week. Oh, it's going to be a beautiful shootout. Loved everything, but especially as you mentioned, Amari Cooper re- redefining, re-emerging as that alpha. I think we all had this whole narrative, C.D. Lamb, because he was so good on hard knocks he's gonna take over he's the number one guy and he did have a nice 20 point day but this is the cooper show he is that adams for mike mccarthy just like he was last year he led the league in fantasy points and targets before Dak went down looks like he's gonna be right back up there and he's right into my top seven rest of season wide receivers and to be fair like before that game the day before maybe a couple hours before whatever he did say i think i'm the best wide receiver in the nfl so yes he was pretty good uh Jameis winston Here's here's an efficient Ooh. stat line for you. 14 out of 20 for a buck 48, five touchdowns. Unbelievable. Yeah. And obviously he won't win it because like no. those stats were only amount to about 30 points when you throw five touchdowns. But it just goes to show you this guy is ready to operate this offense. He's still out there in almost 60% of leagues. And he's going to have some weeks where he has those touchdowns plus, you know, 270, 300 yards. It's, it's, just go, it's good to see the Saints can still be such an explosive team that Kamara is still going to be a monster. I know he didn't have the biggest stat line, but with those, like they have nothing on offense and Winston still threw for five TDs. That's all you have to know. It's great for like Mike Thomas down the line to see the offense perform so well. Also guys, I forgot to say this at the beginning. If you're watching, give us a quick, like we're okay. trying to get, we're definitely trying to get this done uh, by the time Sunday night football starts. My game, by the way, is going to be coming down to Sunday night football. So I have, hell yeah. Um, yeah. I'll tell you about that later. Uh, next nominee, Tyreek Hill, 11 catches, 197 yards and a touchdown. That was still with four minutes to go. I don't think he added to that afterwards, but you know, that's Ooh. decent. Little it's stat reek, reek doing reek things. And it's crazy. Just to, so much of that usage came in the first half. They were just peppering this guy. And that's what we said coming into the year that, this we've seen so such a high ceiling with Tyreek, but during the second half of last year, he led the NFL in targets and points per game uh, from week eight onward. And it was like, is that going to carry over this year with Sammy Watkins gone? Sure looks like it. He's not going to be just the deep shot, which of course we saw, but peppering him underneath, letting him do his thing. Oh, I loved it. I added one here too, Nat. Okay. Uh, the, st- the stat line wasn't a monster, but I thought Joe Mixon needed to get mentioned. 29 carries, like all that talk about workhorse Mixon, full fruition, also had four catches for 23 yards. I'm not sure he left the field. I think Samaj P. Ryan had, what, five carries? Yeah. But it, was, it was definitely Mixon in there for at least 80% of the work. It was beautiful. So I thought he deserved mention. Just in terms of the pure volume, he was definitely a stud of the week workhorse-wise. And last but not least, and this is the guy that I would personally give it to if we were giving out an actual trophy, stud of the week trophy, and that's Kyler Murray. Five total touchdowns, 289 passing yards, uh, added some on the ground, but just watching on red zone, just some of the throws he's making. First of all, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, we can can talk about Devontae Adams all we want. He's great. All these guys. Let's not sleep on DeAndre Hopkins. Like right. he's been arguably the best receiver in the NFL for like what five, six You've years. Always like, yeah, like, I do and, it's, and it's not like he's ever been like the clear guy, but he's always been right there. Like you couldn't really ever say this guy is definitely better than DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is great. His hands are incredible. Right, exactly. Like you could say Tyree kills more explosive, oh, or you sure. could say Devontae sure. Adams as a red zone threat, but even yep. there, it's like 
Hopkins, just in terms of the body control, the, the hands, the, the feet, footwork, like it's just beautiful. It's beautiful mm-hmm. to watch. He's, he's come so far even after the catch as well. Like I, yeah. he was just at the, at the point of attack. I don't know if there's anyone better. He's, Hopkins. he's great. And Christian Kirk got some uh, touchdowns in there too. AJ yeah. Green even got a little bit of action. Yeah. Were we sleeping on the Cardinals? I mean, they pretty much kicked the shit out of the Titans who we kind of thought were good, right? Exactly. And I think this might be, we've been waiting for the air raid. We've been so high on Cliff Kingsbury since he came in here. Is he going to finally get that offense going? And he did. Like this was the variation of the air raid we've been picturing for years we saw it in glimpses throughout last year but kyler murray cheat code as long as this guy stays healthy a reminder of his upside just like he was last year till he got hurt the number one qb and this might be i, I think there was like you know i thought it might have been an anomaly last year with this quarterback scoring always wait on qb right but i don't know at this point between Dak, between kyler like there is that just elite tier of qbs that if he took them in round four or five it's pretty worthwhile. Now, I know Josh Allen was supposed to be in that tier, and he did not pan out quite as much either. But still, just like that that elite QB tier, I think I might need to re- reevaluate my, my approach to the position now. Well, just to give you a sense, like Tom Brady had 36 points in my league on Thursday, which is a huge day. A, a bunch of guys passed him, I think, today. I mean, I, I, think yeah. there were, I think there are three or four guys that did at least that. So that's something. Yeah. All right, let's talk guys I'm that with you with, Yeah, I'm with you for Kyler, though. I'd give him the win. Why don't we go to Dunn of the Week, and you're, we'll go through some of these stat lines. And what I think this one will do a little bit longer is just kind of break down how worried am I about this stat line, right? What's the panic meter that okay. me and you are having on some of these guys? All right, let's start at the top. We got a list of like eight guys. So yeah. uh, James Robinson, five oh. carries, 25 yards. He caught three balls, got targeted six times, 29 yards in week one. Uh, he had less carries than Carlos Hyde, actually. So I don't know, man. Uh, How worried are you about James Robinson? I mean, look, you know me. I've been absolutely 100% down on Jacksonville in general. Yeah. Um, And they got rolled by Houston. By the Texans. Not not a good look. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And I think that's the bigger concern here is, you know, if they can't run on Houston, the worst run D of last year that only um, probably got worse. If if this team's putting up that many points on them, then they're going to have to abandon the run early and often these weeks. That is not good for James Robinson. Sure, he's going to be the pass guy, uh, but he didn't see any work. In the, as there were, what, six targets? So I guess a little bit of encouragement there. Six targets, three catches. But it, it was still gross, that the fact that Hyde saw more carries. And Hyde might have even started the game. Like Robinson didn't have a touch through a quarter of action. It was sickening. It was disgusting. Uh, and, and, you know, 62% of snaps, yeah, he was the lead back technically. But I did not expect Hyde to be nearly as involved as he was or this offense to just suck as a running game. I'm worried. I'd say panic meter, like if 10 is I'm just hitting the alarm and I'm dropping it, and one is I'm not too worried, I'd, I'd give this a good like seven and a half, eight for the panic Seven and a half, eight. Yeah. yeah. I think that's right around there. I'd say I'm saying seven, and the only reason it's not higher is because I wasn't that high on him in the first place. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk oh. about Aaron Rodgers, shall we? We've been hearing oh. the talk. We've been hearing about the farewell tour narrative. Uh Here's here's the Wolves. Here's the Wolves comments on our shared document. Aaron Rodgers, huge piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> 133 yards, two picks. That's the Wolves. That's the in-depth analysis you folks are paying for. 1.32 fantasy points, guys. Uh, and oh, yes, a, oh my God, that's what that stands for. <laughs> yes, exactly. I pulled for, before the end of the game. Jordan Love came in to do mop up duty because Rodgers had put his team in such a big hole. What the hell? Like, I, I, clearly he was due for touchdown regression last year. I get it, but this, 
Like, and their secondary was banged up. It, 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 this was nerve wracking. The fact that he's rocking a disgusting mullet too. Like you think you're cool and tough with this mullet Rogers. If you're going to do that, you should at least be able to ball out. He just looked like a complete loser. Uh, everything about him. That was just awful. He didn't want to be there. And yeah, farewell tour. Like maybe his farewell tour is just giving the middle finger to green Bay and saying, screw you. And I'm going to suck all year. Like, I don't know what that was. I'm not going to panic. I'll put my panic meter at like four here. Uh, or five, but mine's I am at, worried that mine's like, at five. I'm just saying I'm at a five. Yeah, like I, he's gonna have much better days ahead in the future. But those that historic like touchdown rate of last year, long gone. No way this guy's on an MVP form. Uh, I I would say like about a five. And honestly, if I could move him pretty quickly for something right now, like and pretend like I'm selling, you know, selling low. I wouldn't be opposed to getting rid of him. Like I am pissed off as a, a Rogers owner right now. He, he lost. Pissed. There's no question. He lost people games today. <laughs> me. Yeah. Lost me the game. Just Kelsey, for example, right? Kelsey did, was doing his best. I have that Rogers Adams. The only reason I got Rogers this year, because I had Adams. So I got forced, forced it in to get the stack and a huge regret as of right now. Awful, awful stuff. All right. Well, let's keep moving on. Derek Henry. Good yeah. Lord, man. Uh, he ended up 17 carries, 58 yards. You can group Tannehill in there too, Julio. Uh, things weren't good in Tennessee. They yeah. got just absolutely wrecked. Um, there was a while there. I think I feel like Henry had like six yards at halftime or something like that. It was I mean, terrifying, was- yeah. And he like ended up making it okay. But th- this is exactly the opposite of what you wanted to see. You know, Kyler Murray did his job for putting up points. They had points to chase, and they just never got there. We talked about this, like, only a awful moron play caller could ruin the weapons they have. Todd Downing did that with the Raiders a few years ago. He had great weapons, and they absolutely blew. I'm nervous. Like, this this one, I would still put it about five, especially for Henry. The fact he got used as a receiver, I think he had three catches, like, more than he's had in a long time, was somewhat encouraging. There'll be certainly much better days for Henry as well. I feel good about him. But in terms of, like, Tannehill – I, I don't know, man. That was bad. Like this downing guy is a complete moron as a play caller. I'm I'm worried about this offense as a whole. I would give that like a six okay. to the offense as a whole. Henry himself, you know, three or four. I'm not too worried. He'll get his shit together. I give Henry a three on the panic meter. I mean, the thing is, this was my thought on Henry the entire time. It's so hard to live up to what the guy has been doing. Yeah, 2K. I, 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 I never thought that was going to happen again. I hoped it would. I love the guy. I'm a right. huge fan, but it just seemed unlikely to me. This was bottom. This was rock bottom. I mean, this is not going to happen too frequently, but Tennessee, you know, man, that defense is terrible and uh, the offense didn't look much better. Not at um, all. All right, let's move on to Brandon Ayak. Now, here, Woo. this is a good stat line for you. This is a guy that a lot of people have been high on. We've kind of liked him ourselves. I absolutely um, did. Zero receptions, zero targets. Zero targets did not start. Just atrocious. And the, this is one of those things you find out after the game, the 49ers beat writer, like casually treating. Yeah. You know, Ayuk lost his job. He really trailed off in camp and lost his job to Sherfield, but that had never been released until today. Who's, thank you. Reporters. <laughs> like you're casually dropping it. Like it was common knowledge, Matt and the whatever your name is like, Thanks. Why couldn't you just let us know this yesterday or earlier in the week or during training camp when this was happening? Uh, nobody knew anything. The last thing I read about Ayuk was that he was unguardable in camp. Just an atrocious performance. My guess is that Shanahan sending a message about something specific and Ayuk will see a much better role moving forward. He was so good last year. But don't forget, like Dante Pettis had his flashes before just disappearing. Like Shanahan just does this. And we saw it with the backfield as well, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. 
the Shanahan just plays his games and Debo Samuel is looking like the one that you really wanted to have there. Good. Uh, right. and, yeah. and we'll talk about him when we get to the risers. Yeah. Debo, I think nine for a buck 89 and a touchdown. I, I put the panic meter at like six for IUK. Like, you know, a well, little I bit would more. Say, yeah, Are you higher? I, no. Well, it's at least a six because this is not, he's not a particularly like well-established commodity. We talk about Derrick Henry, Aaron Rodgers. These guys are going to be back. I'm not going to panic right. but so much on them. Ayuk, I mean, this was kind of supposed to be his breakout, right? Right. Exactly. So we'll see what happens. Maybe it won't happen. I know. Uh, Terrifying stuff. Uh, next on the list, we put Najee Harris. He had 16 carries, 45 yards, one catch for four yards. So uh, under, what, six fantasy points on the day. Pretty gross. Panic meter for me, though, I'd say it's only a four. Uh, I, I wanted to see more efficiency. I want to see a player that, like, popped off the page, and he didn't. So that's where I'm a little worried. But the usage, I mean, 100% of all the backfield work, I think he's played every single running back snap. Like there wasn't uh, – no other running back touched the field. And so I'm not overly worried. I think that Buffalo D is is pretty strong. Um, I'm worried that the offense didn't look all that explosive though. And, you know, he just couldn't get it in. He had a few chances. It reminded me of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last year. Like he'd always be sniffing the end zone but never actually getting in. That was a little worrisome, but I think that's going to flip for Najee. I only, I, I'm not too worried. I put that at like a three, three or I four. Put it, I put it as a three or four. I agree. Usage, great. It's exactly what you were looking for and what you said was going to happen. I was concerned because the plays that I saw, the offense, like you said, it didn't look explosive. He didn't look explosive to me. Exactly. Like he, he looked like he was a plotter a bit, and I was a little a bit, bit surprised. It's a little surprised by that. But the saving grace here is that they won the game. And I think that when you win a game and you have stuff like that, you're kind of playing with house money a little bit. They lose, maybe there's a little more of a panic. I don't think there's going to be a panic. I think they're just going to go back and try to improve what they're already doing. So I think he's going to be fine. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Aaron Jones, sorry. Five carries, nine yards. Um, With maybe 10 minutes left in the game, so I don't know, he might add to this, he had two catches for another 13. Uh, That's a real garbage game right there. It is horrendous, and it just never could shake free. The whole offense looked bad, but similar to Aaron Rodgers, the the leader of this team, Unless he really is just a complete bag of dirt, and he might be. Like I, I hated Rodgers for his whole career up to last year. I we started drinking the Kool Aid last year when he like stepped up. They drafted a QB, and he goes nuts. Like I started to finally give him a little respect. Here's my punishment for actually giving this guy a shred of credit. He gets a mullet and just sucks all over the field. They'll get it right. I don't get what the Saints did to to really be that like hard nose of a defense. They're not gonna be, I don't think. But ultimately, just a bad day. They came out flat. I imagine they're going to all rebound as an offense. I'm not too worried about Jones. I'd toss out some by low feelers if I'm you. I'll give that like a two. Like I'm not worried. I'm less worried about Aaron Jones than I am Rodgers. <laughs> I give it a two or a three. Saquon Barkley. Um, so I, last time I updated this, there was like eight minutes left in the game. He had 23 yards on the ground. The Giants pretty much seemed to be who we thought they would be. I think right. they ended up losing 27 to, you know, thanks to Daniel Jones's late game heroics they actually ended up losing only 27 to 13 because he ran in, he ran in like a one-yard touchdown with like no time Ooh, on the clock yeah so, but legit it was a 27 to 7 beat down yeah and it was bad this offense is going to be bad I think Barkley will be better in future weeks but I, I don't think this Giants team is going to be getting much better so I do think Barkley's ceiling is ultimately capped like we kind of expected no matter how talented he is you know Jason Garrett is such a bad play caller that was continuing to be the case uh, it'll get more work in the future. He'll do better in the future, but I I'm like worried in the sense that the giants are just going to be so bad all year that Barkley's going to be like a 
low end RB one. And we're never going to see him hit those. Like it'll be very rare. We'll see it every now and again, hit those crazy levels, but uh, yeah, low end RB one. If you can sell them for some higher name value, people thinking they're getting a really good deal. I'd consider it. I, I'll, I'll put this at like a, a five about Barkley himself, but like a seven about the Giants' pathetic offense. Yeah, I'm going to say pretty much around the same thing. This is this is something, one of the few things that I called correctly. I was just like, I don't think this guy should be a top pick. I mean, after one week, it looks like I called it correctly. Who knows? Right. I was like, I don't think he's going to be a top pick because I just think the Giants are that bad. That's yeah. the way it looks after today. And, man, I – Man, I hope not because I, I think he's a great runner. I really do. I think he's yeah. just fantastic. So player. fun to watch. I don't know. know. Don't know if it's going to happen. Um, yeah. Last but not least, and this was from Thursday, Zeke. I was right about this one too, by the way. 11 carries, 33 yards. Maybe I don't get as much credit for this because it was against the Tampa Bay run defense. But, man, like uh, he was a, he was a zero uh, impact player. Yeah, I'll put this one at a, a five and a half. So just a little bit over worried and I'm not worried because he played 82% of the snaps. I like that. Like Pollard was involved, but not really. Uh, so Zeke was the guy. I just do worry that he can be so matchup dependent when you do have a tough run D and a very, you know, especially with their corner going down, it became very clear. Uh, Kellen Moore made the right play and just chucking it every time. But I don't think they're going to be able to. They don't want to have Dak throw it nearly 60 times a game. His shoulder won't hold up, I doubt. If they do that, so I imagine in the future, you know, he goes from the hardest matchup against Tampa Bay, the least points allowed, to now having the easiest schedule from weeks two to nine for running backs. He's a buy low candidate to me. Not too worried, but it does sketch me out a little bit that he could be so game script or like game plan rather dependent uh, that more could just scheme him almost completely out of here. That, that was worrisome for me to see, but I'd still be buying low this week. All right, so look, we got about 23 minutes before we got to get off the air. How do we want to handle this? Obviously, there's people that are already asking questions. Uh, we do have like five injuries real quick. You want me to just rattle down the people that got hurt this week? Uh, yeah, we can talk. To those. I do want to, like, you know, we get to the questions. We get to the questions, but uh, there's some really important performances. It's a recap yeah, yeah. show. Th- there are important. Five. All right. Well, with we got to in- talk about these guys. The injuries is part of the recaps, and they are in no particular order. We had Fitzmagic got hurt. Uh, that That sucked. Uh, Taylor Heineke came in, finished the game up. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. at least half the game. Um, injury, Makai yeah. Becton. Not really even familiar with Makai. Who is this? He's the left tackle for the Jets. Uh, oh, their production well, was already bad. Oh, I actually saw that happen. Shoot, it did, did not, not look that. good. Right, yeah, okay. exactly. Right. Did not, not look to, good. Not used to busting out offensive linemen on the show. Um, no. Jerry Judy. This one looked really terrible. It kind of seems like it's a high ankle sprain. Looked like a broken ankle to me when it happened. It looked he like having, yeah. he was having a good game. He had uh, six catches, 72 yards, and I want to say a touchdown too. Uh, but when this happened, so that sucked. Yeah. Uh, Raheem Mostert. We liked him a lot. I actually tried to trade for him like right before the game started today and did was turned down on my trade offer. Thankfully, good, good for you, right? Yeah, <laughs> he carries twenty yards and then then out. Um, Awful, and it's it's just inevitable. Like you, we knew it. The sports car, Moseretti or whatever. Like it just sucks. It sucks that it happened this early. I mean, as you mentioned with Judy too. Thank God it was just a high ankle sprain, so he might miss a few weeks, but not done for the year at least. Which uh, which is okay. Like that's six. What I love to see is kind of was a target hog. Was yeah. six catches, seventy yards and a half. Like that was amazing to see. I I liked watching Denver. I know they're playing against the Giants, but man, that that 
But they look good. They're fun. I'm a yeah. former Broncos fan, so yeah. maybe it'll happen again for me. Uh, last but not least, Rashad Penny. Uh, he had two carries. Uh, <laughs> maybe least. <laughs> yeah, last but last and least, Rashad. Well, I don't know. We have an offensive lineman on there. He handled two carries before exiting Seattle's 28-16 win over Indianapolis. Um, Carson, of course, got the majority of the workload there. You know, uh, not a huge story, but worth noting. All right, yeah, so those absolutely. Are the- Feature back, though. It is important for Carson, given how good this offense looked. If he's the only guy, last man standing, I mean, took all but three t- t- carries of his backfield. I love that for Carson moving forward. I thought that was a big, right. big development. All right, let's talk about more guys that, that got a stock up, you know, some risers for the week. Jamar Chase has got to be one of those. Five absolutely. out of seven targets, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Um Remember, he's had a drop problem. That's been like the, the I don't know, the knock on him. You said, and I agreed with you, you didn't really consider that to be like uh, as big a deal as people were acting like. That's oh, no, people, I, I, people I weren't doing him everywhere. I, I took him, he was falling around like seven in drafts by the end of the summer. I, I have him in, I think, every league but one. Unfortunately, on my bench in all those leagues today because I did want to see him you know, show what he's got. But yeah, he looked every bit the alpha. It got to be a little bit of a concern for T Higgins because I think Chase, and this was a kind of my prediction right when he got drafted, Chase comes in the day one immediate alpha. Boyd's going to be a forgotten soul. And that, that's kind of what happened today. So Boyd a faller, Chase a huge riser. T Higgins will probably stay steady in that goal line. Like he, that's where he scored today. He's always going to use that big body well there. But Chase is the number one. Like he showed that today and he has to be treated like that moving forward. Going to be a huge riser on tomorrow's rest of the season, big Boyd. All right, another guy that rose, and I've got – I'll own it. I said that I thought you were too high on Jalen Hurts. I didn't like him as much well, as you. Maybe. Here's the thing that I didn't take into account, and I should have because this was clearly part of why you did it in the first place, and you spelled it out for me, and I just chose to ignore you. Man, the Falcons are terrible. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're just they're just really, really bad. And, I mean, you said that when I said I thought you were too high on Hurts. I mean, this is not like I was picking Hurts to – you know, not do well against some elite defense. This is the Falcons. And man, the Falcons showed us who they were today. They were awful. And Hertz right. was really good. 27 to 35 for 264, three touchdowns. I added, I think, 62 yards on the ground, your Konami cheat code points, as you like to call them. And he had a really good game. He did. He looked like one of that second touchdown throw that he zipped right through. He made some real, like, just you, this guy's clearly an NFL pro type of throw that you you kind of were questioning coming into the year when he had yep. those accuracy woes. This was a different level of QB. So you're mixing in that Konami upside. Again, it's over against the Falcons, so we're not going to overreact. But now he, he puts up over 26 fantasy points in his first start. He's now averaged over 26 fantasy points per game in his starts. Only Lamar Jackson averaged more that crazy 2019 season of all time for a quarterback season. And that's what Jalen Hurts has done so far to begin his career. So this guy, he's a stud. You know, I had him at six this week, and it turns out I probably was a little too low on him. What a, what a beast. Yeah, I wonder what he ended up uh, finishing in the rankings. We'll know that end yeah. of the day, I guess. Um, I thought, well, um, yeah, Russ, I was going to – we could just alternate him if you want. Russ here, Wilson – uh, I just love the fit with Shane Waldron. Three first half touchdowns, two fifty four yards, and four touchdowns. So they did slow down a little bit, but it was just so so clear they were in a rhythm. Uh, Russ was a good fit for this offense. Russ is going to be a good fit for every offense, but it really did unlock uh, Tyler Lockett having that one hundred yard two TD day, a nice score to t- DK Metcalf as well. It just seems like this is a nice paced like they're going to kind of just be methodical and score 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 throughout this year that's not a, a pushover Colts defense that they made look like a cream pop I, no, really but, I saw there but didn't it I mean you kind of just said this didn't it just kind of seem like uh just a ho-hum casual 
just win for the Seahawks against exactly. a team that's not terrible. Just right. like kind of seemed like they were just a little better than them the whole game, and it just bore out, and it never really seemed like they were in much trouble to me. Exactly, exactly. That, that was a nice performance for sure. Uh, yeah. Before we keep moving on, guys, if you're tuned in, you don't mind hitting that like button if you're enjoying the content, you like what you're seeing, help us get out to more people on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, wherever you're tuned in, shares, of course. Also help, it mean the world. We're going to get to your questions in just a few moments here, covering a few more risers, uh, including, I thought Mike Williams has to be considered hey. one of the biggest risers. Hey, Mike Williams, I got two receivers on my bench. Mike Williams, one of them, went eight for 12, eight on 12 targets, 82 yards and a touchdown. Seems like he's going to play a significant role in this Chargers offense. Uh, yeah. Herbert looked pretty good, too. Now, the other receiver on my bench, Marquez Callaway, who I had high hopes for, did jack shit. And that's and his team won thirty eight to three. So I know this is risers, but I don't know how concerned. How, real quick, how concerned should I be about Callaway? We should have talked about him and the duds and the, the that. And my concern is only a two for him, honestly, because okay. he had Jair Alexander shadowing him. That's one of the oh, best right, corners right, right. in the league. I'm not too concerned with this performance. I think he's going to rebound and okay. be just fine. Uh, but right. Mike Williams, Mike Williams. I, I loved that performance. He, ta- he was hyped up as the new like X wide receiver by Joe Lombardi in this offense. That was the Mike Thomas role. Like, okay, yeah, sure, you know, but a few more higher percentage looks that would do wonders for this guy. Well, he gets twelve targets in his first game here. A lot of them just those underneath. He looked great, like bodying out people, running the entire route tree. Eckler didn't even get a target, so a little bit of a bump down for mm-hmm. Eckler, yep. in my opinion. While Mike Williams is a significant stock up, uh, I'd say a high upside wide receiver too moving forward if this continues. Just great usage in that X receiver role, exactly what we had hyped up, uh, and it came into fruition. I love to see that for sure. All right, TJ Hawkinson and the Lions running backs. I don't know how closely you followed this game. The 49ers – They tried to blow this. They put it on the table like that they could lose this game at the end. Right. They they didn't come that far. I mean, this game could have gone to overtime. Weren't they up like 41 to 14 or something? I mean, I don't know what the score was, but it was over, like over right. like three scores, four scores. And this came down to like the last couple plays, which it's is, first of all, completely inexcusable for the 49ers. But it resulted in a lot of points for the Lions, who I kind of thought might be like the worst team in the NFL. Them are the Texans, uh, the Texans who beat the shit out of the Jaguars. So what do I know? Uh, TJ Hawkinson, <laughs> eight out of 10, uh, eight catches on 10 targets, 97 yards and a touchdown. We like Hawkinson. Uh, I don't know how much his stock really goes up from this. This is, I mean, he had a great game, and we thought he was going to have a good season. Uh, I know. He's, he's you know, one of the top tight ends. I, and I'm pissed because right before the season, you know, I've had Hawkinson my number four tight end all off season. I last second was like, you know what? I'm going to move Pitts above him. I'm just going to. Oh, really? Yeah, I moved Pitts above him the last week of the preseason. I was so in on Hawkinson, but he was hurt all preseason. It was great to see him. He looked fully healthy. He was a monster after the catch doing it uh, underneath scoring, which was great because he's lacked touchdowns throughout his career. He was the engine. He is their number one receiver. It's what we expected, and it's what happened, as were the running backs. We called this. It's a Dan Campbell offense. It's going to be tight ends. It's going to be running backs. And look what we got for Swift. 11 targets, 8 catches, 65 yards, and a score. In addition to 39 yards on the ground, I guess the only negative there was how involved Jamal Williams was with uh, nine carries, 54 yards, a TD also looking great. And he got nine targets in the passing game. We talked at length about, you know, 65% of their targets and air yards gone from last year, 330-something vacated targets. It was insane. We figured it was going to all go, or the majority would go to these guys. It was very clearly, though, the runners, the Hawkinson. I think that's going to be a a full season thing. I, I really like that performance for these guys. 
All right, Debo Samuel. Oh, yeah. Uh, nine out of 12 targets for 189 yards, one touchdown. Uh, he was great. And, I mean, you know, the less someone like Ayuk is involved, probably the better Debo Samuel's going to be. Exactly. I, there's not much to say. He was great, as always, after the catch. 46.2% target share on just 25 passes. I do think this is going to come down a bit. I think Ayuk is going to rebound. But what if he doesn't? Like, this could end up being, as Grant Cohen was saying all summer, Debo Samuel could be an MVP candidate, given how great he's looking, like pumping the brakes on Ayuk. He was dead right to be doing so. I hope I'm going to try to get him on this weekend, uh, or rather this week, and talk about this running game, talk about Debo's performance, and see what he thinks moving forward for this 49ers team. Huge, huge performance from him. He's going to be a big riser on the big board, as will Corey Davis. Seven targets, five catches, 97 yards, and two scores. I, I tweeted out that I think he's more of the Eric Decker type and Elijah Moore could be the true alpha. Couldn't have been more wrong there. Davis is the alpha. Uh, Davis is the number one. He has that rapport with Zach Wilson. Morris wasn't even to be heard of. I saw him getting up and complaining about no flags. I hate that shit. Guy's overhyped as of right now. Uh risking the hate cut, but I saw what happened with Jefferson last year. So I'm going to hang on to more just a little bit longer, but one catch on four targets for negative two yards with a, an attitude. I just didn't love to see out there. Uh, Davis, meanwhile, just quietly racking up all the stats. Um, he's going to be the guy for Zach Wilson. All right. I feel like we have to mention Gronk. It happened on Thursday, but Gronk caught yeah. eight out of eight balls for 90 yards and two touchdowns. Wow. I mean, that he was just looked good. He yeah. looked like the old Gronk, you know, yeah. One-handed snags, like up and over bodies. He's a top six tight end, top seven tight end at worst moving forward, maybe even top five. Like he'll, he'll be up there um, in my latest big boards to drop tomorrow. Whew, what, a, what a game by him. And that's going to really, you know, impact those wide receivers too. It's going to be a carousel this year. Like who is it going to be? Is it going to be Evans this week? Is it going to be AB? Like they're going to always have people putting up stats, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a headache week to week uh, because Gronk is looking that much better. All right, we got uh, Miles Sanders. He rushed 15 times for 74 yards. I uh, also had four catches for 39 yards. Uh, not a gigantic game, but like definitely a legit RB1 game. Good job, Miles Sanders. Stock yeah, being in there for, you know, almost doubled up the other backfield mates and snaps and usage. Uh, yeah, Gainwell vultured one, but it was still just a very encouraging performance. He looked nice and spry and an offense, especially he kind of gets the bump up because of how good Hertz looked as well. An offense that I think is going to be much better than a lot of people expected. And he's looking like he's going to be like a 70% usage guy in there. Low end RB1 upside uh, moving forward, in my opinion. All right, look, let's let's we got about 10 minutes to go. Let's roll through some mailbag. We've hit a lot of risers. We've hit a few fallers. People and are here for the waiver wire, Nat. That's why. Oh, I'll do, we, this do we have some waiver stuff? Uh, I got some waivers. Okay, for you. let's I'll hit the waiver stuff because and some of the have, questions. And I do have a waiver show. Uh, I'll be doing that, I believe, Tuesdays this year because I like to include Monday night if we learn anything on Monday nights. So Tuesday, 7 p.m., we'll go in more depth, but a real fast early look at waiver wires. Yeah. First up is Eli, uh, Eli Mitchell has to be towards the top of the list. Ran number two over Trey Sermon today. Should have been added as soon as that happened. We said it on the pregame show. Maybe give this guy a speculative ad. He's only 6% owned right now. Goes 19 carries, 104, 1 TD as the feature back after Mostert went down. Looking spry, looking great, a, a perfect fit. And they're saying he was active as the number two because he significantly outplayed uh, Sermon right. all year. So devastating fall for Trey Sermon. I mean, this is scary. That is terrifying. We needed to kind of talk about him, but a huge rise for Mitchell. Now, he could be at the same risk as the shenanigans that, that just ruined Sermon, but still, uh, he looked great. And as of right now, he's looking like the best bet 
to, to get some serious production out of this backfield. So I, I'd be looking at 25% or so of my fab on him. Mark Ingram, off the top of your head, do you know how many carries Mark Ingram had today? I want to say like 20. 26. 26 carries for Mark Ingram. Wasn't sexy. Racked up 85 yards, so nice, like 3.3 yards per clip, but scored. It was just the most run-heavy team in the league, and he just destroyed the others in terms of Lindsey only seeing eight, David Johnson seeing three. Uh, so it, it was gross. 11 yards was his longest run and 3.3 yards per carry. Not sexy at all, but if you're getting 26 carries, you should not be available in nearly 80, over 81% of leagues. He's available right now at 19% owned in Yahoo. Uh, so check him out, potentially roster him if you need some running back injections. Rondale Moore was definitely the more to own instead of Elijah. 27% rostered right now. Four catches, 68 yards, looking very explosive. Uh, outproducing A.J. Green, even though Green saw more targets. Um, he doubled them up in yardage. It just looked explosive. Quick screens, like ball in his hand. The perfect fit for this air raid offense. And the last name to mention off the waiver wires, Kenneth Gainwell, looking nice. Nine carries, 37 yards and a TD, but also had another call back. Could add a two-score day. The clear takeaway, though, is that he played all of Scott's snaps. Scott didn't touch the field, even though he was supposed to be the number two one up. Right. Uh, Gainwell played all those 25 snaps. And looking like he could be a, a true like handcuff with sexy benefits as well. Uh, so, yeah, Gainwell, uh, the last guy I would mention for the wave of wire as of right now. So, guys, thank you so much. We'll do this live after every Renzode. Uh, other than a couple times, I'm going to the Pats or different like weddings and things. Uh, but most of the time, we will be here. So, thank you guys so much for tuning in. It was a blast to break this down with you, Truth. I'll be back on Tuesday to go over the waiver wires with you guys. And we'll be back live together Thursday to go through your, your preview for week two. Uh, best of luck if anything you need points the rest of the week or best of luck rebounding if you had a tough loss like myself this week. It's just week one. No panic yet. Uh, we'll get there. But Wolfpack, in the world full of fancy sheep, be the wolf. Later, guys. <laughs> Later. We used to have it all But now's our curtain call So hold for the applause Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd Take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Old-fashioned football right there, folks.